doing, Doc? I need fuel. <laughs> Give me fuel. Take a fly. Ship me trains and out of sight. Now, here are your hosts, John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle. Welcome back to Fantasy Fuel. We are recording on a Wednesday, and we had a <laughs> football game today, which is... Wednesday football! Weird. Um, yeah. But did you know Des Bryant has now become the first modern NFL player to appear in two Wednesday games? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, he That's... had two targets today. Uh, no catches, no yards, no nothing, but uh, he appeared. Uh, yeah. That's about yeah. all there is for that. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> we'll just say a couple of things about this game before we get into week 13, which uh, for many of you is probably do or die. If you need a win to get in the playoffs, this is probably your last chance. If uh, mm-hmm. you're hanging on for dear life, good luck. But as far as the Wednesday game goes, like I said, Des Bryant was the first one to play in two. RG3 started for the Ravens today because, you know, half the Ravens were out in COVID. Um, this is his. I heard the last three games that RG3 has played were against the same team. This, the last 10 ones that he started anyway. What I was about to say was this will oh. be his third start since 2017 <laughs> and all three starts were against the Steelers. <laughs> See, I knew it. I knew I was right. <laughs> you were correct, which I feel bad for. It was like, if you're going to make starts, why does it always have to be against a good team? <laughs> like, I'm never going to look very good. And he did not look very good. But before we get no. into the stats, there's one more thing. Um, for the record, the Ravens had 36 players dressed for this game. Eight of them, should they appear, would be making their NFL debuts, and no wow. one is playing who wouldn't have been eligible if the game were played last night. So they could have played the game last night, but yep. it yep. is what it is. I know there's a lot of Steelers players, coaches, whoever, are a little salty about the game being pushed back as much as it was, and I know there's some Broncos fans that are a little salty about not getting pushed back Jeez, because of their that, situation. and uh, That whole situation makes no sense. I mean, you're starting a guy that's not even a quarterback. <laughs> that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life, and he did terribly. He did. Just uh, like, what, what do you the? expect? He had no reps. They're like, you're playing quarterback this week. <laughs> what? I've been at I'm wide receiver all year. Points. Yeah, I mean, he had one good, uh, like, uh, it was like a tight end screen to Noah Fant, I believe is what it was. <laughs> and it looked great. It was drawn up, and it was run to perfection. He got, you know, a first down out of it, and then that was it. That's uh, his only completion, isn't it? Yes, I believe it was. Yes. It was like one out of That's nine. That's amazing. And That's so amazing. that just goes to show you all those guys out there that say, oh, I could do better on the field than that quarterback. No, you can't. <laughs> this guy literally played three years of quarterback in college and went out there and could not get the job done as mm-hmm. somebody who has experience playing in meaningful football games. So if anybody can tell you they, they think but, they can do better, no. You might be able to do better than than him. Might if you complete one <laughs> pass, you might it might be better. It might be. 
don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> Either way, um, it wouldn't take much to beat what RG3 did today. Like you said, he got the start. Mm. He was 7 of 12 for 33 yards and an interception. Had 68 yards on the ground, but I believe he got hurt-ish somewhere along the lines. I didn't get a chance to watch much of the game, but... Yeah, if you needed Let, to start RG3 I for some reason. See, I want to see what his whoops, what his fantasy production would be here, at least in the flag league. So give me one second. Sure. He, <laughs> Robert, because if you for some reason played him because you didn't have any other options, I don't know why you would, <laughs> but Robert, uh, he had 5.95 points in the flag league. Mm. That's that's kind of strange because didn't you say he had 60-some yards rushing? Well, yeah, but he threw a, an interception, so yeah, he got negative points. And he in, only had 33 yards passing, so that didn't get him much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's I don't pretty know if sad. F- oh, and he fumbled and lost that fumble, so there you go. Yes, that's, yep. Here Two interceptions, one fumble, one lost fumble. That's negative four points in the flag league. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> I did mention a name to you when we talked about this game some other time. I forget what it was because mm-hmm. we all thought, you know, oh, no Mark Ingram and no J.K. Dobbins. Oh, guess we're going to see some Justice Hill, and we did. He actually had just as many carries as Gus Edwards and did better with his carries. It just wasn't that good anyway. He had a long of 19, but a total of 35 yards. So we saw Justice Hill, but I don't think anything uh, much came out of that. Yeah, I had high hopes for him when he was a rookie, but then I realized what team he went to, and it didn't make sense. The same same with Dobbins, really. I was just thinking, this is kind of a bad situation. Like, he's just not going to make the field as much as I wanted him to. Right. But I think Dobbins will be the future of the team. Yeah, I think so, too. In the next few years, but obviously this whole situation. I'm surprised (laughs) the Ravens even got as close as they did tonight because – their whole team was on COVID. Uh, yeah. It just seems it seems crazy that they even scored points with RG three. I just thought he's not a good enough quarterback to do anything, and they actually did score some points. They ran the ball a few times, and I guess that was working. But yeah, yeah, it just it it's the Steelers to to even get that close is an accomplishment for a team that has all their good players out on COVID. Right. So Tracy McSorley came in eventually for RG3, went 2 of 6, 77 yards, and a touchdown to Marquise Brown. So if you had to play Marquise Brown, you actually had a good fantasy day out of him. Four for 85 and a touchdown. I'll take that every single time. There was absolutely nothing else of note for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, As far as the the Steelers go, Roethlisberger was fine. He threw the ball 51 times. That's uh, something that I'm sure they would like to do a little less of. Um, but no James Conner. Uh, Benny Snell yeah. had 60 yards on the ground. Ebron was okay, 7 for 54. Claypool, 6 for 52. Deontay Johnson, 8 for 46. Juju, 8 for only 37, but he got in the end zone, so mm-hmm. uh, he was worth it. Uh, pretty much all those guys were just, they were they were okay. So if you still needed a few points and you had some Steelers, you you were you were okay. <laughs> it, yeah. It's not something I was taking the chance on this week. 
Uh, I pretty much benched everybody. I even benched right. Justin Tucker in the yep, big money too. league. And I forget, who did I pick up? I think it was Graham Gano who absolutely went bonkers for the Giants. <laughs> I got like 17 points out of my kicker. I'm like, okay, um, yeah. thanks for that one week, but I think I'll go back to Tucker next week. I went with Joey Sly. He was still available because I don't know why, but he's one of the better kickers in the league. But I, he was still available, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll pick him up, and that worked out fine. So I'm going yeah. back to Tucker no matter what because Joey Sly's on by next week. All right. That is perfect. Uh, <laughs> one week, that's all we needed. We both got into the playoffs in the big money league. So Yes. Yep. And here we go. The chance it's gonna for. Be, it's going to be nerve wracking, <laughs> I tell you that. A chance for $300,000 is now <laughs> on the line. Luckily, we don't have to spend any more money to get those, but, you know. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. All right, let's start off with a doozy, the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. Um, I am looking up right now. Let's see. Tua is practicing Wednesday, so. Either I, way, it's going to be hard for the Dolphins to, to lose yes, to the Bengals. Oh, I mean, the Jets gave them a run for their money, I suppose, <laughs> last week, but. If they lose to the Bengals, at this point, the Bengals just have nothing to play for. There's no, no reason for them to want to win. No, I mean, they're, what, 2-8 and eight right now? 2-8-1, yeah. and one, sorry. Forgot about that tie <laughs> against the Eagles. How could you forget? <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, at this point, you might as well just not do anything mm-hmm. and give yourself another piece for Joe Burrow next year, although his injuries are... Not good, so hopefully he'll be ready for the start of next year. But I don't know. Even Tyler Boyd is just a question mark if you can put him in the lineup right now because Brandon Allen Mm -hmm. did not, like, do much of anything. And Tyler Boyd caught three of six passes for 15 yards. That's not good. Uh, Uh, There's just nothing positive going forward with the Bengals. No, there isn't. It's just... When you're starting quarterback who is fantastic, I mean, you weren't running games, but he was fantastic right. for that team. And you knew going forward that he was going to be the answer, at least to get them to a playoff type of scenario somewhere in the future. But now that he's out, it's a, there's, that team is just riddled with absolute nothing. You can't play Boyd. You can't play Higgins. You can't play any of them. Yeah, well, I remember on Sunday morning, Network was asking, should I play David Montgomery or T. Higgins? And either one of them were actually okay. Yeah, Higgins, Higgins had five for 44 and a touchdown. That, but, yeah, it was. I, I was leaning more towards Higgins just because I didn't want to trust anything in David Montgomery. But, the Packers' run defense is just absolutely horrible. So Yeah, I guess it's really that bad. I, I'm just surprised because I'm not a big Montgomery fan. I never want to go with Montgomery, ever. No. Like, that's just that's just me. I, uh, it's Montgomery and who? I'll go with the who. I mean, it doesn't matter because I just don't like Montgomery. But I'm going to have to start changing that because I'm pretty sure the Bears have a pretty easy schedule going forward for the fantasy playoffs. Let me just look that up real quick. I'm, I have to confirm that. Got to see who they are playing. Um, They just got done playing the Packers. How come this is the dumbest schedule I've seen? (laughs) It is so, it's not even right. Okay. Uh, So they play the Lions. 
bad against the run. Houston, bad against the run. And the Vikings, bad against the run. So the next three weeks, which is pretty much your fantasy playoffs, Mm -hmm. and then Jacksonville, which I'm pretty sure is bad against the run. I don't know a lot about Jacksonville. I'm going to be honest. Now, it probably says they're – well, no, I, I think I'm thinking of it backwards. There was a team last week somebody was talking about said, oh, well, they're actually not half bad against the pass. I'm like, well, that's because they get ran all over and the team doesn't <laughs> need to pass against them. So you can't tell that they're good against the pass. They just don't have much yardage against them. And if for some reason, and I don't know what the big money league is like, so I don't know if we still play in week 17 because I know that it's a point. I don't thing. think so, but we'll see. But. If for some reason you're playing in Week 17, they're going against the Packers in Week 17. Oh, wow. So expect more of that. Okay, well, there you go. All right, let's uh, look at the Dolphins real quick. Like we said, Tua is practicing, but there were reports he'd missed multiple games, but I think he's probably going to get back on the field this next week. Uh, although I wanted to play Ryan Fitzpatrick this last week yeah. in our podcast <laughs> league, but we had to make a decision before Thursday yeah. because we also had Alex Smith as our other option because Rodgers is our first and he's not coming out of the lineup for either one of those ever for any reason this season no no um Salvin Ahmed returned to practice Wednesday but Miles Gaskin's getting close to returning so that's a backfield you might want to avoid from here on out because they've all been okay those new guys for Miami in the backfield but I don't know that one once Gaskins gonna... comes back and if he's fully healthy, he was really consistent. He was getting about 16 points per game. Yep. If you look at every single one of the stat lines, it was never under 10. And that's exactly what you want to see under a running back who nobody really expected to be that consistent. I mean, I thought, you know, he'd get a little something here, a little something there, but I didn't think it was going to be like that. Right. All right, let's move along to the Las Vegas Raiders versus the New York Jets. Wow. <laughs> um, well, this would, you would think, would be a good matchup for the Raiders. But the Ra- the Raiders were what? awful against who you thought would have been a great matchup. <sighs> and Derek Carr was terrible. He was 3.25 points. In the flag league, which, that yes, it's not insane. negative points like you got out of, you know, some quarterbacks like uh, Kirk Cousins like uh, seven, eight weeks ago. But 3.5, 3.25 points is awful. And that's against a really bad defense. Yes. And the Jets aren't aren't good. But <laughs> what you, I mean, what the heck? I mean, if you can't do that. Will how, we how, see how are you supposed to beat the Jets? Will we see another Nathan Peterman sighting? I sure hope so. <laughs> Maybe this is the the game the Jets win, and then we don't win anything else. But the Jets have a really hard schedule. This would be the only game. This is the only game left that if we wanted to not go 0-16 would be the one. The Raiders are so weird. They are. They they play up to their to their to their team, but they also play down they to play. the team they're playing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There, it makes no sense. You can you can play really well against the Chiefs, but you just horrible against the bad teams. Right. Um, Man, I don't I don't understand it. As far as guys in those games, uh, Ian Rappaport reports that Josh Jacobs has a chance to play in mm-hmm. Week 13 against the Jets. It's just a sprained ankle. It looked worse than that, uh, so we'll see. He'll have to get in a couple of practices, but I mean, can you play Josh Jacobs this week? 
if you need a win to get in the playoffs, I, I don't know if you really trust depends him. on what else you have sitting in your on your bench or whatever it is, because Josh Jacobs would be the guy you'd want. You want him right. when he's one hundred percent healthy, but you can't. It depends on what I don't know. You have to have <laughs> other options at this point, but he was so good. When he's healthy. If you just look at it, he was 40 points week one, 17, 11, 12, 25. He had one game under 10, which was a 7, and then an 18, 16, 33, 15, and then this last week was 5.8. So if he is playing, I would expect him to be better than that. I, he's got to give you more than 5.8 points. I would hope so. And then uh, it says here the Raiders are slated to face a Jets defense that has allowed the most receptions to opposing mm-hmm. running backs on the year. So if he's in there, he, he yep. might get targeted uh, because it's pretty easy to game plan against the Jets. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> especially against the Jets offense. I mean, it's yes. just a – it's fourth and two. What are you going to do? The Jets are going to run the ball up the middle. Just stack <laughs> – you can leave the wide receivers alone. They're not going to audible from it. Nope. They're just, they're just going to run it right up the middle with Frank Gore every – single time and it's really disturbing i said i'd stop saying it but i can't help it it's, every week it's the it's same thing tough. adam Gase, yeah. you're trying to lose we know <laughs> we get it you you're not gonna be the coach at least i sure hope not when it comes to next year listen to this but you <laughs> go ahead listen to this jets coach adam Gase said the team's play calling is being labeled a collaborative effort because he doesn't want to give away too much information for a competitive disadvantage <laughs> I'm not a coach in the NFL. I, I I don't claim to be a genius at all. I am like not even close. Yeah. I shouldn't be a coach in the NFL, but I can out coach you, Adam Gase. <laughs> when I know it's a run up the middle, and I guess right every time, I can just I can stop that with NFL players on the field. I mean, this guy's an idiot. So here, I can't here's stand it anymore. Here's what the. Uh, this site had to say about this quote. Uh, it says, that would entail the Jets being competitive to begin with. New right. York has teetered between play callers since week seven, exceeding 25 points in back-to-back games with Joe Flacco under center and totaling a lowly 22 points in Sam Darnold's three starts in that time. Averaging the league's mm-hmm. fewest yards per play, 4.6, points per game, 13.8, and lowest scoring margin, negative 15.5 on game days. <laughs> Anything Gase claims at this point is strictly headline material for comedic purposes. Maybe oh, Trevor Lawrence like and a new head coach will change the organization's culture in 2021. It's <laughs> Have to have a new head coach, and I think at this point, Darnold's pretty much washed up. I think he got ruined. I, I hated to say it because I really wanted to – to say that Darnold had plenty of potential, which I think he did. But I think now, unless he goes to a team that everything's right there, I don't think he's going to have success. And I think we have to go out and get Lawrence because there's just no other option. He looks like the best. And I saw that they're comparing him to, like, best guys to have. Mahomes was number one, and then Trevor Lawrence, as far as franchise quarterbacks would go, would be number two. I don't know if I can believe that. He's still a rookie next year if he comes out. Right. So I I don't know. The Jets need a lot of work. We got a lot of defensive guys that we traded away, you know, got some picks. We got a lot of picks. And we don't have to talk about the Jets. This is not <laughs> a Jets show, but um, it's just it's frustrating to watch. 
And, and yes, I did watch. And it's so sad. And it's just so sad to watch that every single week is the same thing. Yeah. And you can predict. You can predict the plays. When Sam Donald went deep one time, I was like, whoa, my gosh. <laughs> what was that? Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's continue on with a different team because we don't. the Jets are terrible. If you're starting anyone on the, on the Jets, it'd be Crowder. Nobody else. And even Crowder's not doing that great. So, All right, we can move on to Indianapolis and Houston. Uh, a few things to add to these uh, lists of players because uh, Anthony Costanzo suffered some damage to his MCL in the Week 12 loss to the Titans. Mm-hmm. But Jonathan Taylor is being uh, promoted from the reserve COVID list. Um, Jacoby Brissett is stealing touchdowns from everybody on the Colts, which is not fun. Um, David Johnson is going to return from injured reserve, so he'll be eligible to play week 13. Jordan Akins is supposed to get more snaps. The Mm -hmm. the, uh, Athletics' Aaron Reese expects Texans wide receiver Isaiah Coulter to see action down the stretch. I don't know why that's a news item. Well, what Um, do you you think... (laughs) Do you think Niam Hines will continue on his pace to where he's been fairly consistent in the last like five weeks or so? There's one like kind of bad game in there the last five right. weeks. But since the bye, 26, 8, that's the one I was talking about, mm-hmm. 31, 12, and 17. I think that's somebody you can play. But with, with Taylor coming back, do you think that they will have him fully? They want him to get the ball the most of the time. But it, if you just look at three weeks ago, he had Naim Hines had 31 points and Taylor was available. It's not like he wasn't right. But like, do you think that high playing Hines in a very critical game is something that you want to do when you're trying to win to get in or trying to win that first playoff game? I would like to say yes, but they have not been consistent with who exactly. they give the ball to. Now, Naim Hines a couple of weeks ago, had a touchdown on a uh, rushing play, I believe it was, but it got called back for a penalty. So it's not like they haven't been trying to get him in down by the goal line even, even though now he's not a bruiser-type running back. But now they're adding this stupid Jacoby Brissett stuff down by the goal line, mm-hmm. and it's really starting to make me not be very positive about the running backs on the Colts as a whole. I mean, if you're going to play one running back on the Colts, I would play Niam Hines just because he has that ability to catch six, eight balls in a game. But I, if you have other options, I'd like to hear them because I, well, I seriously have to discuss it. Yeah, I think it's, it depends on what your options are. Now, now, would you play Hines or would you play somebody like James White, who is clearly taking the Burkhead role? And then, or would you play Hines or would you play somebody like, I probably would play Jamal Williams over Hines because it seems like he's at least consistently getting you the points there. But would you play him, Hines or somebody, well, David Johnson might be coming back, but Duke Johnson would give you a good 18 points this last week. It's, it's really difficult to look at some of these guys and think, okay, I can play Hines over him. I can play him over him. He's one of those guys that he can give you a good week, but like he can also give you a little bit of stinker and you don't want that right now at all. Like, like that is the worst time for that. I would say, unless something has happened to another guy in your team, whatever it is you're doing, Keep doing it. If you've been winning without Hines in your lineup, don't try to force him in there now. 
But if you've had nine mines in your lineup and you're winning, if you can keep them in a flex spot of some kind or RB two, if you don't have a lot to go with, I'm I'm good with that. Well, what about somebody like Miles Sanders? Ugh. I mean, he's been he's been okay. Well, this like week, this point, do you they're going against the Packers, so you want Miles Sanders? In okay, there. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That's true. Miles Sanders all day. That's a bad question. bad question. But, you know, somebody in that category who is a starting quarter or starting running back on a team, but yeah, he's been very eh. And so, yes, obviously you should probably be playing Miles Sanders this week. But it's a question that you have to look at your roster because Naeem Hines is somebody that is pretty much cat, uh, pass catch dependent. I can't say that correctly. <laughs> but he does get some run, runs as well. But I just don't know if I can trust him this right. week when everything's on the line. Yeah, we'll we'll see. It, it's probably going to be more of a oh, is there any uh, covids or injuries before the weekend starts? And- How about this? I ha- I have a situation for myself actually. I have Hines, or if David Johnson comes back and they say that he's ready to go, mm. what do I do? Well. They're playing each other this week, and I was getting to something I wanted to talk about with the Texans. Let's see if this makes a difference. Because, as we all have heard, good old Will Fuller did not get injured this year, (laughs) but he is serving a six... Game PED ban, which always something with him. He has said he was told by some physician or whatever that this was a perfectly fine whatever substance of some kind to take for who knows what. I don't know. But fact is, is it was on the banned substance list, and he didn't check it out, or he's lying, and he knew it was there and was hoping not to get caught. One of the two. I assume (laughs) most of these guys are lying, and they knew it. And for him, this is what I'm putting myself (laughs) two and two together. Fuller has had such a great year. He hasn't been hurt except for the one game he kind of – came out yeah. early and I, I have to imagine that it was a substance <laughs> and I don't know what it is, but it's a substance of some sort that will make sure you don't get hurt as often, which I'm not completely against as long as it's not yeah. bad for you yeah. in your body. I'm okay with that, but I don't want your performance to enhance either. It's so much. Right. I care more in baseball. I don't really care too much about yeah. football when it comes to performance enhancing drugs. As long as it's not bad for you, I'm probably okay with it. But I'm assuming he took it because he knew he's an injury prone <laughs> type of guy. He didn't want to get hurt and stay hurt. So maybe it was right around week three after that, after he got hurt with that hamstring. Yeah. Or what, I don't remember. Was it a hamstring week two? Yeah, it was a hamstring, I believe, okay. for week two. So maybe but. it was something like that, and then all of a sudden he got caught. Yeah. Well, anyway, what I was trying to get at was mm-hmm. obviously without Will Fuller, and Kenny yeah. Stills got waived, and he has not gone anywhere yet. We are mm-hmm. down to Randall Cobb. Kiki Mm -hmm. QT, and like I said before, Isaiah Coulter as wide receivers for the Houston Texans. Does this, do you think maybe Kiki QT would be a fine play if you are hurting for wide receiver or flex positions? I would say yes. I I don't think there's any question. I mean, he's got to throw somewhere, and it's not going to be Cobb all day. You know that. So, QT, we've seen him in the past. We know that he's got a little bit of, you know, got some talent there. I'm saying he's going to, he's going to have a a good 
give him give him five receptions. I'm gonna say that at least. I don't know what the yardage or the touchdowns are gonna be, but he's gonna get at least five receptions. It's gonna be hard, and this is where I was going with the whole David Johnson thing. Since mm-hmm. there isn't a lot of wide receivers that scare me if I were an NFL defense right now on this team. I mean, they still have Brandon Cooks, but, you know, whatever. Um, mm. And it's just they're probably going to stack the box and they're going to play some, you know, press cover defense. And I think it's going to hurt David Johnson going forward is he's just not going to be able to get in the mix unless it's getting receptions. And we've all seen what Duke Johnson's done the last couple of games. They seem perfectly fine with Duke Johnson. So I'm not very confident in in David Johnson going forward only for the fact that this offense is going to not be that good. I agree for the most (laughs) part. It also makes you wonder (laughs) I agree. It makes you wonder, though, at the same time, on the opposite spectrum of what you just said, they're not in it. They're not going to play to win. I mean, they're going to play to win, but they're not going to play to win to get into anything. Their their team is done, and especially without Will Fuller. There's no real reason for them to even try at this point. And I I think that there's a chance they just say, you know what, we're just going to take a very conservative approach. We don't want to hurt Watson. And maybe he'll get a you know some kind of ACL, MCL if something bad happens. We don't want to we don't want to go too crazy. But I think Watson's going to take matter in his own hands anyway. I, I tend to agree with you. It's kind of hard to say that David Johnson is going to have a a a, a good game. Right. I could see him have a decent game, but I don't know if he's going to have a good game. And even if he's even if he's on the field completely healthy, which I'm not sure he's even going to be on the field yet. I know they're activating him, but I don't know if that means he's going to be playing. He's probably going to be on a snap count, whatever it is. We have to still look at that. We don't know everything yet, but man, it just stinks when you, when you're at this situation and you have guys that you don't trust in and you made the playoffs and now you got somebody like David Johnson throwing a little wrench into it. Now you have, you have no idea what you're going to do, but it's probably best to stay away from David Johnson this week. Unless they, unless they really, really say we're going to feed him the ball this week or something like that. No, I don't think anything like that is going to happen. But speaking of feeding the ball, let's move to Cleveland at Tennessee. Both of those number one running backs are guys that are carrying teams. Nick Chubb has had three straight 100-yard games after returning from a knee injury, and, well, Derrick Henry is just Derrick Henry. He's Mm -hmm. he's my guy this year and last year, and I don't know what else you can say about him. He is on a pace. If you look at, what was it, Adrian Peterson's 2,000-yard year, Derrick Henry has more, just slightly, like 20 or 30 more yards than Adrian Peterson did at this same time. And Mm. you know what happens with Derrick Henry down the stretch, right? He kind of goes crazy at the end of the year. It's like he just gets that (laughs) motor running, and those last few games, I'm hoping these last few games, especially during the playoffs, he is going to run like an absolute madman because oh, yeah. if he does uh i'll buy a derrick henry jersey because i uh, love derrick henry <laughs> i think he's awesome i mean at this point he is proving that he is not just one of the most talented running backs in the league he's one of the strongest oh, and he, he can just plow guys over push them down to the ground and stiff arms like crazy. It's, it's the guy is amazing and i just wondering if there's still 
Derrick Henry doubters out there. Like at this point, I'm sure there are. Have, have you been proven wrong? Now I'm pretty sure you're sitting there thinking I was wrong. At least admit it. At least, yes, please. That's where people people can dislike people all the time, and no matter how good they do, you're still like, ah, he's not any good. But with Derrick Henry, it's kind of like, you know what? He's amazing. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. You can't doubt him anymore. Yep, I still still wish I would have spoke up at the. Uh, oh man, I say, <laughs> we should have. We should have, but that was our first time there, and it just felt like everybody was against it. I was like, "How does everybody hate this guy?" Yeah, I was like, we, "I was like, I'm not super high on him, but I don't think he's, I don't think he sucks." Yeah, that's what they were saying. Derrick Henry sucks. <laughs> what? Really? Yeah, sorry, I, I wish I would have had something <laughs> on recording during that. Uh, during the expo last year, and yes, could replay yep. that Should've over and over and over again. But anyway, as far as any other players in this game go, uh, even though Derrick Henry is rushing 27 times for 178 yards and three touchdowns, the receivers for Tennessee are yeah. still fine. Tannehill only completed 13 passes, but Corey Davis and A.J. Brown caught 165 of those 221 yards in the air. A.J. Brown got a touchdown. I mean, yeah. they're still perfectly playable. You don't take them out of your lineups. I, it's weird oh, no, saying yeah. this about Corey Davis, but he has been pretty darn <laughs> consistent this year. And he might be one of those sneaky guys next year that people are still going to be like, ooh, uh, I don't want to take Corey Davis, even though he's going to have a pretty good stat line by the end of the season. Yeah, I'll just go back to A.J. Brown a little bit because he obviously had the receiving touchdown, but if you're looking at what he did this last week, it's probably a little bit of an anomaly because he did get a kickoff return for a touchdown as well. well so yeah. that is not going to happen every yeah. week. So be cautious. You're still going to get something out of him. You're going to put 15 points, 20 points, but you're not going to get the 30-point week no. probably unless he goes nuts again. But right now, I'm looking at Corey Davis in the flag league. He is the number 35 wide receiver overall, which means he is a wide receiver three. Week mm -hmm. in and week out, he's only had one uh, game where he didn't get anything, and then he was mm -hmm. off for COVID for two weeks. But he, he's a playable wide receiver every week 100%. as your wide receiver three or a flex, depending on what your lineup looks like. And I, he could be one of those guys that just – Maybe he helps you in the playoffs. I I don't know. Oh, no, he's gonna help if you if you're starting him. You're getting around 15 points per game, and that is just insane to say. Corey Davis gonna get you 15 points per game in two, in 2020. I would have said you're nuts. That's yeah. stupid. <laughs> but here we are, and you actually almost said that. I don't know if you said 15 points per game, but you were saying he's gonna be something this year. And I said you're nuts. That's stupid. But here you. Are. Uh, Corey Davis is something, and I just I've never liked him. I still don't really don't like him, but I have him on a team, and I'm using him every yeah. week. I don't even I don't even consider taking him out of my lineup. Right. Um, as far as the Browns go, Jarvis Landry finally had a really good finally. game. Finally, jeez. Cream uh, Hunt didn't for do that. much. Um, what did he have? I'm looking here. Uh, oh, 10 times for 62 yards, so it was okay. I think it was the week before yeah, he didn't it, do a whole lot, but, you know. It, 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 since since Chubb came back, he's been kind of underwhelming, but it's been okay enough to where if you have to start him and you don't have everybody else, you're getting there. But at this point, you might want to consider benching Hunt if you're in the playoffs. you, yeah. you got to have somebody else. you got to have somebody That's else. That's a good one here. That. Would you play Kareem Hunt or Niamh Hines? I, that is a good one 
just because I know Hunt is going to get something. And I don't it depends what my what the rest of my team, my my starting lineup, I guess. Sure. If I'm feeling that my starting lineup has enough points to sustain at least a, a good possible chance of the victory, then I'm going to play a uh, the cream hunt. And that's a guarantee somewhat some points. If I feel like I need a bigger amount of points, I'm going to play Nime Hines because there's a chance he gives me 25 points. That's that's it. I mean, that's it's it's hard because I know Cream Hunt is definitely going to give me something. Nime Hines might give me something, but it also could be really bad. And here's just something food for thought. Nick Chubb also stole all three running back targets. Hunt had no targets in the Jeez, last game. that is just sad. And that's what it we almost, thought Hunt would be for this year is the guy that's catching the ball out of the backfield. It almost makes me want to switch back to, to <laughs> Naeem Hines. It's, it's, uh, that's insane. Yeah. I would have never thought that Nope. at the so, start of the year, regardless of if Chubb got hurt or not. I would have never thought that. Nope. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, this game could be absolutely awful to watch. <laughs> because both teams are on a skid. One team still looks like they have a, uh, a decent record, not good, but uh, I'm talking <laughs> about Detroit and Chicago. Mm, mm, this is mm. just two sad teams right now, but <sighs> Nagy has confirmed that Mitchell Trubisky will start again in week 13 against the Lions. I don't know if that's a good <laughs> thing or a bad thing. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. When it comes to fantasy purposes, maybe it's better that Trubisky's playing. I don't know how how good people were doing. I think Robinson's better with Trubisky. I could be wrong about that. Well, but, here's the uh, thing. Mitch Trubisky was actually the number six quarterback scorer in fantasy this last year. Yeah, week. that's what I'm saying. When it comes to <laughs> fantasy purposes, they, they're just – he's so bad that it makes him good. I don't know how else to explain it. He's not a good quarterback. He's throwing ball. He's throwing balls into the dirt. <laughs> It, it makes no sense. I mean, they don't have a good quarterback right now, but yet they still have a somewhat decent record. They're not going to make the playoffs, though. Nope. There's no chance. I don't think there's any way they can do it. They'd have to go on a ridiculous run yeah. at this point, and that's not going to happen. Nope. But Allen Robinson and David Montgomery both did really well uh, yeah, that's against the Packers. But, again, that was against the Packers. But the Lions aren't that much better, even though their coach is supposed to be a defensive guru. Uh, I don't think. Well, then they fired. They yes. fired their coach. Yes, uh, yeah. well, that was after this last game, wasn't it? Or because it wasn't before. Because man, I don't even remember. I just remember seeing the thing. I was like, "That's not surprising." They fired him. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's probably why I started saying. It. I was like, "Wait, nope." Uh, yeah, that's because we all knew it was going to happen. Because Matt Patricia yeah. is just not. Just a like good we coach. all know that Adam Gase is going to get fired, and then he never does. <laughs> he never, never Insane. will. Insane. He will so be dumb. the coach for the next 30 years for the New York Oh, Jets. my gosh. If he's the coach next year, I don't even know. If we get Lawrence, that's the only reason I we watch. Yeah. And then after, like, five games, if we don't have – if we have one win after five games and we have Lawrence, that's hopeful, then I'll continue watching. But if we are 0-5, I'm done. I'm not even watching. So I won't. This, and I don't know why I didn't remember this because – when I saw it, I was like, oh, cool. I hope he gets a chance to do well as an interim coach because it's Daryl Bevel, our old Darryl Wisconsin Bevel. guy. Like, we'll get to see him maybe, you know, because he's more of an offensive-minded guy because he was a quarterback, mm-hmm. you know. 
And uh, we'll we'll see if that you know jump starts anything on the Detroit offense. But DeAndre Swift is still kind of yeah maybe yeah Kenny Galladay was still sidelined. I mean it's it's not good for the Lions. T.J. Hawkinson's been looking okay lately, so that's all he's got. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's I mean, all he's got to throw to. Marvin Jones is catching some balls, but he's not doing a lot with it. Carryon Johnson actually had a decent amount of yards in the last game, but I, you're Again, not putting him in your lineup. <laughs> that's one of them guys. No matter how good he's going to do, which he's not going to do that great, but there's one of them things I'm never going to have carry on Johnson on my team. Nope. It's just not going to happen. I just don't want him. And I had to make room in one league this last week, which I'm pretty sure I lost, uh, even though I'm going to make the playoffs in it. Uh, I dropped Adrian Peterson because I had like six <laughs> guys that were out and I needed something. And I was like, is Adrian Peterson really going to be anything? Like, I mean, he's been so bad the last like five weeks before this yeah. week. And then he gives you 20 points. Yep. Two touchdowns. It's insane. Thanks, Adrian. I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, But I'm trying not to put any of these guys in the next couple of weeks. If you know, I mean, obviously, Allen Robinson, you're going to have in your lineup. Yeah, David Montgomery, like you were saying, they're playing against. You pretty much have to play on their their schedule going forward. Is very, very bad when it comes to the run. So I'm probably playing Montgomery going forward. Okay, next one, Jacksonville at Minnesota. We finally, you are, I know, are super happy. You get Adam Thielen back. <laughs> that is such a relief, man. I, I, I didn't have to win in the big money league this right. week. I didn't have to. So knowing that I probably was going to lose, I'm just thinking, just please, Adam Thielen, <laughs> don't have COVID. Please don't have COVID. Right. And come back. So I need I need you for the playoffs. And I need Julio, too. So I, them the two guys I have to have this next week. But at least Thielen, because he's going to get a touchdown. There's no question well, about that. And here's the thing. Dalvin Cook is, like, banged up. They, they're not mm-hmm. hiding it. He's banged up. So we don't know how much he'll actually get. And it's not like, you know, Minnesota is in the thick of things. They're 5-6 and six just like the Bears. They're looking mm-hmm. better than they were. But if Dalvin Cook is banged up and they have nothing to play for, I would hope they would scale him back a little bit get him healthy for next year, and that means they're going to throw the ball. And they're going to throw the ball a lot, and hopefully that means Adam Thielen because we both did have you Adam see, Thielen. Did you see Adam Thielen celebrating yes, when they I won did. last week? That was amazing. And that's when I said, he doesn't have COVID. He doesn't have COVID. Please, he's he is he does not have COVID. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he is celebrating way too much to, to be happy about having COVID. But, I mean, obviously everybody handles it differently. Right. But – I was just like, I was just hopeful. Like, please don't have it. Please don't have it. Luckily, he doesn't have it. Yes. He's going to play. And it didn't make sense either because nobody else on the team really was testing right, positive. So right. it's like, all right, maybe he just doesn't have it. There's a false positive. But it was kind of weird with him because he had two false positives. He had a false positive, and then he had uh, uh, a negative, and then he had another false positive. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? But, um, yeah, I think – they should pass the ball a lot. It's Jacksonville. They don't need to run the ball. I think they're going to probably win this game. Should be handedly. Yeah. They're not a great team, but Jacksonville's a bad team. Yes, they are. So when you have two good wide receivers and you don't want to mess up your best, the one of the best running backs in the league, and if you do want 
any shot at all to make the playoffs. <laughs> you don't want to mess up your running back on this game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, it, it really, not that it mattered because you didn't need to win, but looking at the stat lines of the other receivers for Minnesota this last week, I mean, Kyle Rudolph came out and actually did, what did he say? Seven he catches was, for yeah, 68 yards. Chad Beebe, Chad seven Beebe. catches for 63 yards and a touchdown. B.C. <laughs> Johnson, which I did play in the podcast league because I needed somebody to go in there. Seven catches for 74 yards. Like, everybody mm-hmm. did good for the Minnesota Vikings this last week in the receiving game. That's <laughs> telling you how much Cousins trusts Thielen. Because when he, Thielen's out there, he's like, he's going to catch the ball. I'm going to throw it to him. But when he's not out there, I got to spread the ball around. <laughs> I don't trust anybody else. <laughs> right. Uh, as far as the Jaguars go, I mean, with Mike Glennon slated to start again, there really isn't a whole lot there, except for who we were talking about before the show, James Robinson. Uh, what oh did you goodness. say? There's only a total of seven carries not from James Robinson on this team this year. It's Well, insane. from the running back position. From the running back position, right. Right. That is insane. He has 96% of the rushes from the running back position. James Robinson is the bell cow. There's no other running back on that team. He has to get hurt for anyone to be valuable when it comes to running the ball. He's he's going to be considered a first-round draft pick next year. It's very possible. I mean, at the very least, he'll be a high second-round pick. He's like, can he do it again? Uh, But who is there to trust? If he's not a first-round running back next year, I will gladly take him in the second round. It'll be my first pick. (laughs) Uh, Well, there's one guy on the Jaguars. I don't want to trust anybody on the Jaguars because, like you said, they are terrible. Mike Glennon is the quarterback. He wasn't pathetic. He, he was 20 of 35 for 235 yards and two touchdowns. Not that you're playing Mike Glennon, but no. there's a guy that he seemed to like a lot named Colin Johnson. He had mm-hmm. 96 yards and a touchdown. Is that somebody that you would consider putting in uh, in the next couple of weeks? Nope. Okay. I don't care how good <laughs> he's done with that one game, but uh, it's just one game. It, every other game there. His best game was 12.6 points. Everything else was 0, 0, 9, 1.9. Well, he didn't have Mike uh, Glennon in ne- those games. Ne- oh, yeah, Mike Glennon. Negative 1.5 <laughs> points, depending on what some leagues. I mean, the guy's not – He's I, there's no way you can trust that. Going forward into – if you, for some crazy reason, you played him yeah. this last week, you got 20 points out of him, you're not going to play him this week. There's Probably no question. Not. You have something else. If you're in the playoffs, you don't need Colin Johnson. If you're trying to get into the playoffs, you have somebody else. You don't need Colin Johnson. So, no, I'm not playing him. Okay. Moving along, the divisional matchup, New Orleans Saints, the first seed, number one seed right now, New Orleans Saints, even without mm-hmm. Drew Brees in the lineup against the Atlanta Falcons. And we said it. We were scared. About Alvin yep. Kamara's production for the next yep. couple of weeks, I I yep. really I, they didn't do anything different this last week for Alvin Kamara. Like, okay, maybe they thought, hey, Taysom, right. remember you got Alvin Kamara. Uh, I don't think he's really a part of the Taysom Hill plan. 
And as long as Taysom Hill is the quarterback, I I mean, you can't no. not play Alvin Kamara, but you have got to be just shaking in your boots right now going into the playoffs. If I'm, if I have something else that I can trust to get me a good 15 points, <laughs> I might just, I might bench him. Oh, I, there's, it, he's it, at the very least, he's going to give me 10 points or whatever it is. I mean, that's what he got you this week. It's not good enough, no, but you're getting something out of him. But if I got somebody else who's consistently getting 15, 20 points every game, I can't sit here and think that Elvin Kamara is going to do that. After the last two weeks, we've never seen him do that poorly the entire season. Every other game that he's had Drew Brees under center, he has done amazing. Yeah. Way better than the last two weeks. He's finished as RB25 and RB29 in these last two weeks. It's it's not good enough. No. It's not good enough when you're heading into the playoffs or, or you're trying to get into the playoffs. It, you can't rely on that. So if I got somebody else, I'll play somebody else, I think. <laughs> I and think. Latavius but Murray has rushed 19 times for 123 yards and two touchdowns. Yep. Like, okay, yep. something is off here. Either Elvin Kamara has an injury we don't know about or they're just saving him. Uh, I I don't I, I don't get no, it. No, it's not. It's not that. I'm telling you, it's just the fact that Drew Brees is not on the field. Drew Brees, like I said last week, they need, when it comes to running the ball, they don't particularly need a pass catcher when you have Taysom Hill as the quarterback yeah. because he's the he's just doing different things than Drew Brees. Drew Brees will always throw it there. He's not a scrambler. So he's going to throw it to his guy who would make up for what Taysom Hill is going to do on, the, on it with his feet if he does anything with his feet. But that – it's it sucks because he's he was the best fantasy running back in the league yep. up until two weeks ago. Right, and so you're sitting there. You have to play him. You have to play him. I'm telling you, you don't have to play him, especially against <sighs> which you would think you would think would be <laughs> a really good matchup. Yeah, for for Kamara matchup. going against the Falcons. They're not good against the pass, but it's just I don't know if I can play him. Well, I don't know if I can play him. Taysom Hill really went full Tim Tebow against the Denver Broncos because he was only yeah. 9 of 16 <laughs> for 78 yards, and then he added 44 yards on the ground and two touchdowns on the ground. Like, yep. uh, I, I I don't know what to do. That's, that all, Them two touchdowns, all them yards that he got on the feet, that's not Drew Brees. No. That's all Alvin Kamara. That's what I'm saying. He's They're taking away from Kamara when you got – Hill on the field. All that production Hill has on his feet and the touchdowns is Kamara stuff, and he's not getting it. And it's it's hard to watch, but <laughs> you have to at least consider if you got somebody else, somebody else at this point, because you're going into the the biggest part of your season, right? To where everything matters, and you can't trust Alvin Kamara right now. And here's the thing: we all know Atlanta's defense is not good. So when yep. you already have a not good defense going mm -hmm. against a guy that doesn't run a regular offense. They're probably right. going to be scratching their heads, not knowing what to do. So Taysom mm -hmm. Hill could very well do the exact same thing again. And Latavius Murray could be the guy that is in on early downs running this weird option, you know, RPO <laughs> stuff with Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara just isn't that bang, bang type of running back. So I, the only thing is, is if he goes off and you didn't start him, you're going to 
kill yourself. Well, of course you are, but but you have to put two and two together and look at things logically sometimes, and just hate the fact that you got him on your team right now. That's why yeah. I said if your trading deadline wasn't over two weeks ago when we saw that first <laughs> stinker of a game, I said maybe you should try to trade him because yeah. it's just not it, it. It didn't look like it was going to completely work out the way that you would hope for. But yeah. It's not a good situation for him. And, of course, with a stat line like I just told you about Taysom Hill, that means right. none of the receivers were worth a damn. And Michael Thomas only had four <laughs> for 50. And, again, do you play Michael Thomas with Taysom Hill at quarterback? <laughs> That's the thing. You're sitting there thinking, boy, you know what? Drew Brees really adds a lot to this team. Yeah. I still think. And they're still winning, this, though. It's weird. Like, how can you run two completely separate offenses and still win? It's so different. It's so different, and yet they're still winning games. And they're not winning games by just a little bit. They're still handling the game pretty well. And you know who's in the who's in charge of that game. Yeah. But Michael Thomas, I think you could probably still <laughs> start i mean the first week with Taysom hill and michael thomas got 20 points so he did that's gonna be really difficult for me to not start michael thomas you'd have to have a stacked wide receiver core to not start him or i mean at least in the flex and maybe and that's even the case for somebody uh like kamar as well maybe you're flexing him too and you're, you're actually starting a running back you wouldn't have started before but man i tell you what it's getting it, it's really difficult it's really difficult to look at both of these players and say, man, here I am in the playoffs because of Kamara or even, I mean, the last few weeks you had Thomas, well, yeah. you didn't really have him. But if you have Thomas now, I mean, you probably should play him anyway because you never had him anyway. But it's really hard to look at it. You're getting to the playoffs because of these guys. <laughs> yes. And now you have to consider sitting them because it's a whole different offense. And let me say this because it's popping in my head. Next year, if Drew Brees retires and they and they continue to say that Taysom Hill is the guy Ooh. and they don't go after a quarterback, Ooh. you're gonna wanna you got in dynasty leagues, you're gonna wanna try to trade him Ooh. away right now. Kamara may not be worth it at all next year, if that's the case. Wow, that is something to ponder as we uh get through the playoffs and we get to the offseason. That is something that we will talk about quite a yeah. bit. Def- Definitely, if Drew Brees, you know, barely makes it back this year after his 72 ribs I mean, why would you want cracked? to go through 500 <laughs> broken ribs again? I mean, I mean the guy, this has got to be it. I mean, it's they're going to make the playoffs. It. He's probably going to play even if even if they don't win the playoff game. He's got to be like, man, I, I just don't know if I can do this anymore. Right. He's got a Super Bowl win. That's all you need. He's going to the Hall of Fame. So just just go out with a broken rib or two. It's okay. <laughs> well, we still have to talk about the Atlanta Falcons and their myriad of little to major injuries. Uh, Calvin Ridley was limited in Wednesday's practice. Julio Jones was limited in uh, Wednesday's practice. Todd Gurley returned to practice Wednesday. Olamide Zacchaeus went on injured reserve. They activated Laquan Treadwell. Uh, <laughs> Russell Gage was nothing. Hayden Hurst was four for 48 in the last game. Like, I, the Falcons are just another one of those teams where I don't know what's going to happen when they step on the football field. 
it's funny because you look at what they did this last week against the Raiders, and you're like, oh, they must have scored a bunch of points. I would say they did score a bunch of points, but they must have scored a bunch of fantasy points. Matt Ryan had like 40 right. points this week. No, no, it was one with Julio, so he got 20 points, which is still okay if you started him, but there's no way you started him. Right. There's no chance, knowing that Julio wasn't on the field, that you said, yes, I'm starting Matt Ryan this week. Right. But even without Julio, and you score 43 points, you still only got 20 points out of Matt Ryan. So if Julio's back, you can consider it, though. <laughs> and that's, it's so funny how that works. With Julio on the field, Matt Ryan is a way better fantasy quarterback. Yeah, I'm still not considering Matt Ryan in the only league I have him in because I have Aaron Rodgers in that oh, league as yes, well. Oh, of course. And speaking of, of Aaron Rodgers, we mentioned it earlier, the Packers are playing against the Eagles this coming week. Mm-hmm. I don't have a clue as to what <laughs> the Eagles are going to even possibly put on the field. We said Miles Sanders should have a good game. If David Montgomery can have a good game against the Packers, I would think Miles Sanders should have an even better game because he is yeah. a better running back. I heard <laughs> that Hurts that Hurts is getting some first team reps. He did this last week and he got one <laughs> rep without Carson Wentz on the field. And and I just read something. I wonder if I can find it really quick. Um there was something about all the coaches in the NFC or in, in NFL uh, we're talking about, uh, yeah, uh, Carson Wentz needs to be the quarterback next year. There's no doubt about it. Carson Wentz would win more games on the Rams if he were there instead of golf. And Carson Wentz would be an MVP caliber quarterback if he were on the Colts. And so th- there's still, what if he was on the jets, uh, that's not something we want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Carson Wentz still has the talent to be a starting quarterback, but when it just doesn't look good for him or for the entire team. I and mean, the whole division's awful. I did see a meme that you're probably going to hate, but they had a picture of each team's quarterback, and it said this whole NFC East is uh, has uh, uh, backup quarterbacks as their starter now. <laughs> and they had Carson oh, Wentz man. As, as the picture, <laughs> and I was like, well, that's a pretty good burn. I w- I'm not an Eagles fan, but for some reason I still don't like it, but it was kind of funny at the same time. But, yeah, Alex Smith was a back – he was a third stringer. Right. Um, Now you got – what's his face? It's not going to be Daniel Jones anymore. Right. And then – I can't. Oh, the Cowboys. Yeah, Dak uh, Dak Prescott's out. So now you got Andy Dalton. It is kind of hilarious. It is funny. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. They're all that bad. That's how bad it is to where they've had backups playing, except for except for Carson Wentz. No, I'm sorry, <laughs> I, it got it, me again. It's funny. It I get, it's I'm not not laughing. I just have to <laughs> say my two cents that this year in particular has been the worst offense just in general that I have seen. They they show replays after uh you know a Carson Wentz sack, and they show a replay from behind Carson Wentz and the entire time you're looking at all three to four wide receivers out there and they're blanketed 
Like, yeah. I can't blame that on Carson every time. Yes, there has definitely been times where he's held on to the ball too long, but there's nobody getting open. Alshon Jeffrey is as slow as they come anymore. I don't yeah. even know why we have him out on the field. Jalen Rieger is a rookie getting covered by probably one of the best cornerbacks on the team because we have nothing else. All of a sudden, Travis Fulgham has disappeared. Like, yeah. something has happened, and the play calling is atrocious. Yeah, I think we could probably say the same thing about both of our teams yes. that we enjoy watching, or at least we are fans of. I don't know if we mm-hmm. enjoy watching it anymore. <laughs> but uh, it's it's just it's sad because you saw somebody like Carson Wentz we, a year, three, three years ago. He's like, oh, he's MVP. Like, it was no mm-hmm. question. But then he got hurt, and then so for some reason that meant he can't be MVP. Right. And then I, it's it's sad to see that his team is so poor right now mm-hmm. i mean but, we have we, we've got to have the worst cobbled together offensive line as well we've got yeah. jason peters that has played three different positions this year and he's not good at any of them anymore the only <laughs> starter that is doing anything is jason kelsey and he even like tossed the ball over carson wentz's head once on monday night just completely woo mm-hmm. like okay well that's gonna end poorly and lane johnson just got put on ir we're we're starting guys like matt Pryor and jordan maialata who was a rugby guy just two years ago like th- this can't be good for anybody and anybody's confidence i still believe in carson wentz but Something has to change, whether it's Doug Peterson giving up play calling, if he still is doing all the play calling. Frank Reich, who was our Mm. offensive coordinator during the Super Bowl run, I miss more than ever because we're seeing the Colts still win games with having – you know, running backs injured, wide receivers injured, tight ends injured. That's what happened during our run in 2017. There was yep. really a next man up mentality, and Frank Reich took that with him, and all of a sudden the Eagles don't have it anymore. So we'll end the little rant there. We'll talk about who's <laughs> actually playing this week because Zach Ertz has um, been activated from injured reserve. Who knows? Maybe that'll give Carson Wentz a little more of a confidence booster. Okay, I got this guy who's probably not going to drop too many balls if I throw it his way because obviously there was a big uh, miscommunication towards the end of the game when the Eagles still had somewhat of a chance. Uh, Dallas Goddard ran a hook route and uh, Wentz threw it uh, like it was a, a post pattern. And yep. uh, that was just not good. Uh, so speaking of Goddard, and I said this last week, mm-hmm. if, if Earth's returns, what do you consider Goddard to be just as good, better or a worse option going into next week? Because this is where it matters. And I have Goddard and I need your Eagles expertise <laughs> to guide me through to this playoff win. Um, the Dallas Goddard. The problem is, we... I think I, I let me clarify. I think <laughs> yes, okay. I have to start him because my other tight end is uh, Ingram, uh, and with a quarterback that's not Daniel Jones, it scares me a lot. It does. Um, so I think I got to go with Goddard. I right, would anyway. say uh, this Dallas Goddard that we saw this last game. That's the one I expected 
when he came back off of injury and it just mm-hmm. took a couple of games to get going because he's had two pretty solid games in a row now. And I expect that to keep going because he's the only one that is getting separation because he can actually run away from a linebacker. If he were on a cornerback, I mean, they might do a different kind of a play for him where he could go up and get it instead of trying to have to run away from somebody, but the matchups that he is getting are the exact matchups that we want. And there was a couple of extra plays that Dallas Goddard didn't get because Wentz didn't throw it far enough. Right. And yeah. and there was a couple of pass interference calls, which, you know, would be nice if those got tacked onto the yardage for our guys that are playing in fantasy football, but that's a story for a whole nother day. <laughs> and for, if, to make your point a little bit more, Richard Rogers, not like he was horrible. Right. He had 14.7 points, mm-hmm. only three reception. He did get a receiving touchdown. That's so right. that helps the score a lot. But if I can get anywhere close to that with Goddard, I'm yeah, good. Exactly. And they're playing the Packers, like we said. Uh, the Packers just signed Tavon Austin. I think no, it's I, mostly for a, a return role, but even then, like, who really cares? I, yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's the Aaron Rodgers show. Uh, Marquez yeah. Valdez-Scantling wasn't even targeted in Week 12. That's what I was saying. <laughs> you were saying that, weren't you? And, and I, I was right on two fronts. Maybe not so much on the Lazard one because I said he was going to go crazy. He did good. He did fine. wasn't crazy. Yeah. But I was right when I said people talk about this Bears defense like it's you know pretty good, mm, and they no. they're going to destroy them. And yep. I was right, 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 and I'm never going to stop gloating on it because yep. sometimes when I get feelings, I'm dead wrong, and other times I'm exactly right. I could I'm either one or the other. It's way so far away <laughs> from it, or it's right on the money. <laughs> now this is the thing about uh, Lazard and MVS. You know, MVS didn't mm-hmm. get targeted. Lazard was four of six targets for 23 yards, and he got that score. Well, yep. Lazard only played on 46% of the snaps. So think if he is continuing exactly. to get back into that role, if he plays 70% of the snaps this next week, is that going to mean eight or ten targets? Uh, I mean, it can only get better the more he's on the field. And I think. And you have to imagine that he's going to get on the field. Some more because right. you got somebody like Equinamia St. Brown catching two <laughs> receptions. So it's like, okay, he was never really on the field t- before. Right. I mean, so it's going to be more of, of uh, Lazard than you hopefully once he's fully ready to go. I, I, I gotta imagine he's ready to go. I don't know what they're waiting for, right? but maybe they just want him healthy for the playoff run, whatever. But um yeah, Equinamius is not going to be getting. <laughs> no. you know, we love Equinamius, but <laughs> I, I still have him on my taxi squad in the flag league. I'm sure. not, I'm, I have to bring him up next year, unfortunately. <laughs> but 39 yards receiving for Equinamius. I'm just going to say because I want to say Equinamius okay. as much as possible. And then uh, rushing yards, he did have uh, a couple rushing, a couple rushes. Couple. Um, that's about it. I don't think he really got any yards rushing. Uh, oh, seven, seven rushing yards for Equinamius. And now we're still talking Equinamius. He had two <laughs> receiving first downs Ooh. for Equinamius. Okay. St. Brown. That's huge. Huge. <laughs> All right. Well, that is enough uh, of Equinamius. We are going <laughs> to move along. You were talking about the New York Giants quarterback situation since mm-hmm. Daniel Jones uh, not practicing. He He's going to at least miss this next game with a pulled hamstring. Yep. But we yep. know how hammies go. But 
the Giants are in first place, so I'm sure they're going to probably try and push Daniel Jones to come back. Do they have first place like because of tiebreakers? Because I know that they're, they're same as the uh, Washington football team, right? Right, yes. Same I, record? Well, remember, okay. Daniel Jones doesn't lose against the Washington football team. So I believe they've at least won one game, if not both of them already against the football team. So yeah. so if they do have both games against them, then that's the for sure tiebreaker. Right. But, wow, that is insane. So the instead, are awful. Instead of Daniel Jones, it is Colt McCoy. And Jeez, when's the last time he's been on the field? Uh, it probably wasn't that long ago. Well, <laughs> he probably played like last year ago. for somebody because – he just shows up every once in a while like, oh, <laughs> spot start, Colt McCoy. Uh, Is he still playing? My mm-hmm. gosh. Now, Evan Ingram had 107 air yards against the Bengals. I personally hate that term and what it stands for. Air, air yards. yards. Yeah. yeah, okay, great. They were throwing it down the field, but they weren't actually catching it. Um, but, you know, it's it's just one of those things. They, they are targeting him. I don't know if this was more before or after Daniel Jones went out of that game, but... Let's see if I can dig into that a little bit. Go yeah. Keep going. Um, but uh, I don't know what else you really want, especially when the Giants are playing against the Seahawks. I don't think the Seahawks are going to take it very lightly. Uh, it's not like they blew the Eagles out of the water, but DK Metcalf completely. Mm. And that was another <laughs> game. If I would have uh, picked a DFS guy, it would have been DK Metcalf this last week because we play more man on the outside, which is more DK Metcalf's thing. So mm-hmm. that uh, stigma is still going strong. If it's a man defense, it is DK Metcalf. It's his own defense. It's Tyler Lockett. And, I'm not sure what the Giants play. I'll have to look into that a little bit, but they don't have a very good defense, so it could be a little bit of both this this coming week. Hard to know what the air, air yards are, but um, McCoy only had 30 yards okay. uh, passing, so I I can't imagine if the air yards were great. No, probably not. <laughs> but, yeah, I would assume most of that was um, not under him. So I'm still scared. Very scared. I mean, regardless of what the air sure. yards are, Cole McCoy getting air yards means <laughs> absolutely nothing to me yeah. because he needs to get it to the guy's hands. And so it scares me to play pretty much any of those guys. Well, and then uh, Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard were both limited in Wednesday's practice. So you got banged up wide receivers. I wouldn't want to play them either. No, but uh, that Cole might McCoy mean Evan center? Ingram gets more targets. Who knows? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm not taking the chance. I'm going to continue with Goddard. Okay. Uh, Wayne Gallman. A lot of people don't have that option, though. That's true. So they might have to go with Ingram. Yep. Uh, okay, here it was. He was 6 of 10, Colt McCoy. For those 31 yards. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, Wayne Gallman could be another decent spot start here for running back. Uh, maybe even your flex position. He's been getting He's the bulk been of the, the carries. So I'm okay if you got to put Gallman in there. Um, yeah. I did like this one stat for David Moore of the Seahawks. He caught all three of his targets for negative six yards and a touchdown. <laughs> I don't know what that says about the Eagles defense because the defense actually played pretty darn good. We didn't let Russell Wilson run all over us, and we didn't let Tyler Lockett do almost 
anything. He had three yeah. or four for 23 yards. So it was just DK Metcalf. And yeah. again, we should have drafted DK Metcalf. <laughs> yeah, I think every team at this point is saying that. But DK Metcalf, I'm seeing, and this is a complete side story, whatever. I'm seeing a lot of comparison to him and Megatron. Right. At this point, it's hard to argue with the stats. Yeah. But do you really think that Metcalf is as good or better than Megatron was during <sighs> this t- during this type of? See, here's the thing: who did who was the quarterback with Megatron? Mostly Matt Stafford. I'm saying before in his rookie year in the second year. Oh, in his it rookie couldn't have year, been Matt Stafford. No, it was probably like. Um, Dan Orlovsky and people like that because they went through that terrible phase of quarterbacks. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like Megatron did really good in his first two years and it wasn't what Metcalf's given you, but Megatron had a crappy quarterback. I don't know who it was, but it wasn't good. So, I mean, I could probably look it up. It's not worth my time. My my argument here is I still don't want to say Metcalf is as good or better than Megatron until – even if I can see a little bit of what Stafford gave me with, with Megatron, I, I he never had Russell Wilson. Right. Russell Wilson's better than Stafford. There's no question about it. So here here's just a few names that pop up for Calvin Johnson. He had Dan Orlovsky, John Kitna, and Dante Culpepper. And that was not <laughs> the good Dante yeah. Culpepper. So, yeah. yeah he, Kelvin Johnson was probably, I would say, most definitely a rarer, bigger talent all around than what DK Metcalf is. Now, DK Metcalf didn't have to be that kind of guy for his team. Literally, the Lions had nothing else besides Calvin Johnson, That's, and he was still very true. doing well in that role. But it's the Seahawks, and they find ways to win otherwise, and Russell Wilson can do it in so many different ways. But now, isn't DK Metcalf like leading the league in receiving yards right now? I think, or at least he was going into uh, this last game. But I think he is. I'm not 100% certain on that. But he has, when it comes to fantasy production, which that's what we talk about, he's been extremely consistent. There's been two bad weeks, but them are probably the weeks that Lockett did really good. Right. Um, But he's been just fantastic. I mean, even when you're not getting the 40-some point game, you're getting a 25, 29-point game, and the guy has been really good when it comes to fantasy. And, again, he's somebody that I'm going to consider taking very early in the draft next year because he's just been that good. And somebody that I wouldn't want to even touch at this point is Tyreek Hill. And I, I, he's been fantastic. He's <laughs> yeah. been amazing. But he's going to just get way overhyped, way overhyped. He's going to be great next year too, but I can get something else there and still get somebody like Metcalf possibly. So I don't even want to go with somebody like Tyreek Hill because he will undoubtedly, continuing at this rate, he will go in the first round. Oh, yeah. And don't worry. When the offseason gets here, we will have plenty to discuss when it comes to who is going to be overhyped and whatnot. Um, I can't wait because I I got got my eye on so many guys right now. 
Uh, and we've got a few games left. Let's go to New England and the Chargers. This is just... New England is not good, and they still nope. have won a few games. And I don't. They still won a game. I don't... <laughs> it was it's, it was terrible. It's I, awful. I... Cam Newton was terrible. Yeah, he's I... he. Had, I don't even know how they're winning games. It has to be Belichick at this point. He's the only reason they're winning games. Cam Newton's bad, he... flat out. He's just not a good quarterback anymore. And I don't even know how they're winning games with him under center. No, I don't know. I know there was a stat of something for Cam Newton where it was the first time in like 40 years when a quarterback has thrown for under a hundred yards and had two plus turnovers and had such a terrible, whatever, you know, quarterback rating and still ended up winning the game. And it, it obviously their defense is part of the reason. And it's probably partly because of who they're playing against. There's not a sure a great, uh, disparity of teams this year that you know you can like oh yeah this is there's always going to be a good game no it's there's a lot of mediocrity this year and there's only a, a few really good teams and there's a few really bad teams and everything else is just kind of jumbled up in the middle I mean we see it with the Bears we see it with the the Patriots we see it with uh, the Vikings even Denver's four and seven I that team looks absolutely utterly horrible yes they lost all three of their quarterbacks but they've <laughs> still won four games with what they're putting out on the field you know right. without well, one of them's Sutton. the Jets so yeah that's true yeah. Uh, and the Cardinals are six and five we thought they were going to be a better team than they are and they've shown up yep. against the good teams but they're still right there on the border of 500 so uh, they what the Rams are seven and four and I don't understand how they're seven and four. So it, yeah, I, I can see the Rams one a little bit again. I, like I said last week, they're a underrated team at this point. Nobody's right. really thinking about them, but uh, speaking of the Cardinals, mm-hmm. do you want to possibly consider saying, if you got something else, don't go with Murray this next week. Mm, uh, aren't do we still oh there they are i was looking oh i must have skipped that game that's what i did uh i went over the rams and cardinals games we'll do that one next Uh, i was like wait there's nobody they're not playing anybody this week because i'm not seeing them on my list but i accidentally skipped them um it's especially against the rams defense if you have a different option i would highly consider it it's just because last week you thought you know, he would have been pretty fine against the Patriots, but he just wasn't. And I don't know whether or not that's because the little injury that he had yeah. was making him a little more tentative. I'm not sure, but it just, when it's the Rams defense, the Rams are good against the pass and the run. It's going to be hard for him to do anything with his legs or with his arm. And he was bad against the Patriots. So I just don't know if I can trust if I got something else. It's going to be hard to not play him, though, if I don't have the other person right. sitting there. Okay, like, like what, okay, let's consider somebody like Kirk Cousins. Normally, you're not, never going to play him until he has two really great weeks. Now you're thinking, <laughs> all right, maybe Kirk Cousins is an option. But do you play Kirk Cousins in a playoff game over Kyler Murray? Ooh, I mean, That's hard to do. It's very hard to do, especially if it's got to be this week. Because, like I said, the <laughs> Cardinals are playing the Rams. We'll get to that game in yeah. just a second. But, yeah, I mean, I, Kirk Cousins looked like he 
could be a playable quarterback after the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll discuss more in a second. We'll finish up the the Patriots and Chargers game here because, like you said earlier, James White actually, you know, had a bunch of points. But, you know, he only had six touches. He had five carries, and two of them went for scores, and he had one catch for negative one yard. So let's take a step back from James White. Yes, he got in the end zone, but I don't see that happening quite like this every week. Well, it makes you wonder what's going on with Cam Newton. Yeah. Well, how come Cam Newton's not taking that like we normally see? Right. Where he's taking them running touchdowns. That's what Cam Newton is built for. Yes. So why is it going to James White? That doesn't make sense. So no. something's going on. I don't know what's going on. But if you just look at, he didn't even get a rushing touchdown. When's the last time uh, Cam Newton has had a rushing touchdown? Was it like three weeks ago? It was two oh, or shoot, three I'm weeks ago. Yeah. I, it I was two weeks ago? I think possibly, but I haven't been paying attention to Cam Newton because I have him nowhere and I don't plan on playing him in DFS. <laughs> <laughs> he had, yes, he had a rushing touchdown three weeks ago it wasn't last week okay and wasn't this week so gotcha. that's I'm, I'm saying three okay all right well as far as the chargers go uh it was an interesting uh last set of stats because austin eckler came back uh, wow. he ran 37 <laughs> pass routes in week 12 against the bills <laughs> like what unbelievable Un- he, he's 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 back in just like that. He's already an amazing guy to have on your team. And it could have even been better than that. It could have been. He he, he had opportunities there that he just wasn't able to get the ball. Right. But, I mean, the guy is flat 11 receptions, 85 receiving yards, 44 rushing yards. Coming back from an injury? What? I don't get it. I mean, we talked about it uh, on a Sunday a couple weeks ago, and we talked about it a little bit last week. There's there was no reason to believe that Austin Eckler would get thrust back into a role like he did, right? With nothing to play for on the Chargers' plate. Now I I know they probably want to see how well Austin Eckler plays with, um, their quarterback Justin Herbert to right. see what they have for you know in in the next couple of years. But man, thirty seven routes and sixteen targets in your first day back is just insane i don't know what else to say about it i mean herbert's got some really good weapons two two good weapons he's got yeah. he's got he's got eckler now and he's got uh, uh keenan allen keenan allen yep so it's like almost this takes a little bit from keenan doesn't it like what was keenan i gotta look he at had what four keenan of was. ten 10 targets, only four catches for 40 yards and a 10 score. targets. Wow. 10 targets. So he still and, had a bunch. And and this yep. was a game where um, uh, Hunter Henry actually had a decent output. He had seven catches out of 10 targets. Uh, so there you go. It was Justin Herbert attempted 52 passes, and, and it was a loss to Buffalo, and, and he still yeah. looked decent doing it. So The I, key is Herbert's not stupid. He's going yes. to the guys that he knows can make plays. Very true. All three of them guys are guys that can make plays. Yeah. That's it. I mean, he's not going anywhere else on a consistent basis. And then, you know, just when we thought the uh, Joshua Kelly – Hype had died down. He, he rushed seven times for 35 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. So uh, if you still have to make that decision, you're probably I'm not sorry. in the playoff hunt. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> All right. So now we can go 
to that game that I had overlooked for whatever reason. Okay. The LA Rams versus the Arizona Cardinals. Now yep. the Rams are still they they just don't make sense to me. I <laughs> I know I've said this many times, but they just don't make sense. Cooper Cup goes from having like 21 targets, 11 catches and 100 and who knows how many yards to 2 of 5 for 41 yards. And yep. Tyler Higby catches one pass for six yards. And Cam Akers was actually the best running back in the game for the first <laughs> time all year. Nine rushes for 84 yards and a touchdown with a nice long run that reminded me of the Cam Akers from Florida State finally for the first time all year. It's almost like the Rams want to be the overlooked team. Yeah. The team that everybody's like, ah, they're not. They lost to the Niners. <laughs> it's no best. That's just whatever. Because that's a horrible display last week. Yeah. I mean, your starting quarterback is getting 5.9 points. When the week prior, he's doing amazing stuff. It doesn't make any sense. Like no. you said, how how in the world does that make sense? 33 points last week, and then this week, 5.9. Uh, what the heck is that? That is what... I'm convinced this is a complete conspiracy theory, but I'm convinced the Rams are saying we don't want to be the a team that's looked at at all. So we're going to perform really bad against a team we were supposed to crush. And therefore next week we can win again and nobody's going to pay attention to it. It sounds absolutely ridiculous, but it also <laughs> it is ridiculous. fits because you look at it, you're like, oh, well, yeah, they lost to a bad team. They won against a good team, but they didn't really get talked about that much. And here we are. Mm -hmm. They're in the thick of things. Probably, I'm sure right now with seven and four, they they have one of the playoff spots if it were to end this week or whatever. Yes, I think so. Um, but yeah, that that's the Rams in a nutshell this year. Are they good? Are they not? They don't want you to know, and they're they not don't gonna... want you to know. That's what's going on. <laughs> and then we move to the Cardinals, who we thought were one of the best teams in the West after the first few, like six, seven games yeah. of the season, and now all of a sudden, Kyler Murray's doing things like um, completing twenty-three of thirty-four passes for only one hundred and seventy yards, no touchdowns, mm -hmm. and a pick to the Patriots. I don't understand yep. it. So. Yep. What do you do with Kyler Murray going forward? I mean, if he got you this far, you're probably only running with Kyler Murray as your only quarterback. So unless That's there is true. something amazing on the waiver wire, you're probably riding this out and just hoping for the best. You got, yeah, I mean, that's probably what you're doing, but if you got something else and it's something decent, you I don't know. I'm still, it's a tough one though. It's the Rams. The Rams are a good defense, right. but the Niners just beat them. So now you don't know what you're doing. You nope. don't have any idea what to do. But I would probably just stick with Murray. But being that he got banged up and he kind of performed bad the week after he got banged up makes me worry what's he going to do against a really good defense in the Rams. Yep. I'm glad I don't have that problem right now. Yeah, that's true. I don't have yep. Kyler Murray anywhere this year. Um, let's move on to an AFC West matchup. The Broncos and the Chiefs. The Broncos' last game, we're not even going to talk about. I think we could probably move on. <laughs> I think everybody knows who's good and then, and who's bad in these games. It's everyone on the Chiefs, especially Tyreek. 
Mm-hmm. And nobody, nobody on the Broncos. This is going to yeah. be a bloodbath, man. It's going to be. Bad. It's going to be. So I mean, they're going to have a quarterback again for the Broncos. But yes. I mean, I, <laughs> I think it was like the first play of the game. I wasn't really even paying attention. I had the red zone up on one screen. I was looking at something on the other, and I looked over and I saw Philip Lindsay in the Wildcat, and I'd taken Philip Lindsay out because I was like, "There's no way that this can be good." And then I was like wait, are they going to run Wildcat all day? And, like, the first play was, like, a decent run from Philip Lindsay out of the Wildcat. I'm like, oh, no. That's Should hilarious. I have put it in there? Like, I had um, visions of Ronnie Brown the first time the Wildcat ever got, like, put out there for the Dolphins all those years ago. I was like, oh, no, is he going to have a Ronnie Brown game and throw for, like, <laughs> or run for, like, 200 yards and three touchdowns all out of the Wildcat all game long? And... Uh, no, that didn't happen, and he did not practice Wednesday. So uh, go ahead and fire up your Melvin Gordons for a week if Philip Lindsay is out because he'll get yeah. all the carries and up touchdown probably. But other than that, um, no, nothing. I don't care what's no. going on for the Broncos. Maybe Noah Fant, if a quarterback is actually playing this week because he does seem to be one of the top targeted guys when they have an offense on the field. Yeah, that's about it. My, there's, I, there's really no reason for me to continue on. No, I just, there really isn't. I, I honestly just, when you were talking about the Broncos, I'm like, I don't even care what you're going to say. It's it's accurate. It's accurate. It's accurate. <clears throat> so we'll move on to the second place Washington football team versus the 11-0 and Pittsburgh Steelers. That game was pushed to Monday at 4 p.m., Central mm-hmm. time, that's what we've got on there. So 5 p.m. Eastern, what, like 2 p.m. on the West Coast, you get a football game. So that'll be interesting. And mm-hmm. as much as we here at Fantasy Fuel love Alex Smith and what he has done, I have a feeling <laughs> that the Steelers are going to kind of take over this team. I know it, it, they, I they've just... looked okay, but I, I feel like... Pittsburgh is due for another blowout after a couple of close games where they're still undefeated. They're like, wait, we've got to take this back. You know, they didn't have James Conner, and they didn't really need to, you know, play their best game against the Ravens today. But Bud Dupree does look like he has a torn ACL, and that Mm. is going to be a blow to that Pittsburgh defense. A little bit. Luckily, well, unluckily for me, I'm not going to make the playoffs in the flag league. I did have Bud Dupree on that team, so that would have been a big blow to my IDP uh, portion because he has been a pretty uh, consistent guy for a linebacker. But, again, it's Washington. It's Pittsburgh. They're the same guys that you're playing pretty much every week. Antonio Gibson's been great. Terry McLaurin's been great. Um, J.D. McKissick has been Okay, yeah, here and there, yeah. spot starts. I would not put too much stock into them this week. Um, if you have to go with somebody else at tight end, Logan Thomas is a guy that gets a few targets a game and gets red zone targets. It's not great, but... I sure hope you don't have to do that. Yes. At this point, if you're having to do that, you're not in the playoffs. Yes. All right, well, let's move on to the later Monday game, which is the Buffalo Bills, and I'm glad they get a Monday game. I want to watch a Josh Allen game in full. I never get to focus <laughs> on a Josh Allen game, it seems like, and he's going against the San Francisco 49ers. Now, let's see if I can find this. 
Uh, I was telling you about uh, an interesting stat earlier. Uh, where is it? Okay. When the Bills play the 49ers Monday, Josh Allen mm-hmm. will be the eighth straight different starting quarterback for the Bills in games against the 49ers. And Nick Mullins will be the seventh straight different starting quarterback in games against the Bills. So wow. <laughs> that's a lot of... Um, it's really crazy, <laughs> but... Somebody's digging really deep and really yeah, of course hard they are. <laughs> at these stats, trying to find these things. That is insane. But I, 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 because I have Josh Allen. I know on almost every one of my teams. Yes, because I knew he, he was going to have a great year. He's fallen back a little bit, a little, and bit. it's it's a little frustrating. But hopefully, under the lights, when it really counts for me in these playoff games, he is going to go nuts, and it's going to be nice to not have his score on the board. Right. So I'm going to be like, I need such and such points. <laughs> and he just, I want to watch it. Now, That's what's going to be exciting about this week. The One of the reasons that Josh Allen didn't have an amazing fantasy performance this last week was because their running game actually was clicking. Uh, Zach Moss had nine carries for 59 yards, and Devin Singletary rushed 11 times for 82 yards. You can't ask for anything better out of your running game. So they didn't need to Josh Allen to do his normal thing, which means yeah. Cole Beasley didn't have much, but he threw a touchdown. Again, another reason why Josh Allen didn't have the greatest fantasy uh, performance this last That's week. True. Um, That's true. But I have no you know issues with him going forward, even against a 49ers defense who is still pretty good. I mean, they're they're not out of it yet, but they kind of are. They're just another one of those mediocre teams right in the middle this year. <laughs> and, and they're talking about George Kittle is hoping to return this year. I'm like, why? Why why are we all pushing this stuff this year? I I don't like it. You say, you say mediocre, but yet they're a playoff team, them 49ers. They are uh, right now tied for the seventh seed. <laughs> With the Vikings and the Bears, yes. so that's that's going to be five great. and six. That seventh seed sucks. Yes, the seventh sucks. seed sucks so bad. Sorry about all the pluses, pluses, whatever you want to call seventh them. Seventh seed <laughs> sucks so so terrible. What? <laughs> <laughs> I had to put another S in there. Yeah, you did. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> I can't suck so stupid. I guess that's a little better. Okay, not much, but a little bit. No, not much. But, uh, but I'm. It, just hoping for a good game out of Josh Allen again. You know, it'd be nice to see that on on the big stage. And yeah, you know. it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. This All I right. it has to happen. This is the biggest week for me with Josh Allen. Please come yes. out there, blow everybody away. I need it. I need it. And it would be so exciting to win that first game in the big money league because sure. it's not just it's not chump change. If we do really well, we get big money. We say big money. We're saying big we're money. We're taking big money. <laughs> yeah. Um, but before we move on to the last game, we're, we we got to talk running backs for the San Francisco 49ers. Raheem Mostert came back. Didn't do amazing, but he did get in the end zone. Uh, Jeff Wilson was playing again. He did, you know, an average amount. Jarek McKinnon rushed three times for 20 yards, caught two balls. I mean, it's just all over the place. So, if you really have to rely on one of those running backs, I guess I'm hoping it's Raheem Mostert, but I'm not really too sold on it. Not sold anywhere there, honestly. 
That's really all I got to say. Okay. Um, and since that was the late Monday game and we have another game to talk about, that means we have another Tuesday night football game because <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens screwed it up for everybody again. So now <laughs> the Ravens and the Dallas game that was, I believe, supposed to be tomorrow on Thursday night got pushed all the way to Tuesday. Which... And it's so funny because before we even – got on here to do our podcast. I'm just thinking like, well, there's a game tomorrow. And then I'm like, Oh wait, I didn't know <laughs> that there wasn't a game. Yeah. I, there was so many updates that's with what, the Ravens. That's the penalty. It. That's what the penalty should be for the Ravens. Is they have to play games in back to back days. <laughs> See how you like it. Maybe you won't let that outbreak spread, but you know, right. they got right. pushed to Tuesday. It's Dallas, it's Baltimore. Baltimore is not the powerhouse that they were last year by any means. And Dallas is not the team that they wish they were by any means this year. This could be a very just ugly game because there's only a chance that Lamar Jackson Mm -hmm. comes off the reserve COVID list in time to play. And that's pushing it to Tuesday. He has a chance, and that's not good. If I were to tell you, uh, it's off the topic, because I'm just looking at the playoff picture. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sidetracking myself. But okay. if I were to have told you that potentially the third seed in, well, no, it, yeah, it's I can't say third seed, but just say potentially the Browns were going to make the playoffs mm-hmm. and the Steelers were going to make the playoffs and the Ravens weren't going to make the playoffs. Mm. You'd be like, I don't know if I believe that. Yeah. But. The Ravens right now, if the season ends today, they are not in the playoffs, and they're six and five. Yeah. So you're looking at the NFC, and there's five and six teams <laughs> yes. that are that are in. One of them's in, and the Ravens, being the team that they're actually pretty decent, you know, they're not as great as they were last year. No doubt about that. No doubt. But they're six and five, and they're not in in a seven game a seven team playoff format. It's pretty sad. Yep. So you got the Steelers right now, Chiefs, Titans, Browns, Bills, Dolphins, Colts. And then the Raiders are even ahead of the Ravens. In the Ra- and then it's the Patriots, wow. not that far behind. The Patriots could end <laughs> up making have- the playoffs. Oh, no. Here we go. That's not good. <laughs> well, that means the Bills and the Dolphins must both be playoff teams at this particular point. You know what the NFL wants. They don't want the Steelers to want to make it to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Against any other team. It doesn't matter. They want the Buccaneers to play against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Of course they do. That is the biggest ticket right there. Everybody no, watches. No. Nobody cheers. You can't cheer for either team. Yeah. You that, hate both of them now. It'll be just you like Tom Brady. It'll be like <laughs> the second Giants Patriots Super Bowl. I didn't. Well, that's the only Super Bowl I did not watch. I almost wow. didn't watch the Patriots and Rams Super Bowl, and I wish I wouldn't have watched that one because right, that one was yeah. absolutely disgusting to watch. But yep. if it is Buccaneers and Patriots somehow, some way, which I <sighs> really think it shouldn't be, but if it is, I'm not watching. There's nothing about that game that I want to watch this year. I, I, I there's is very little. I I would almost it's weird to say I'd almost cheer for the Buccaneers over the Patriots. Even I hate I don't like Tom Brady at all. But it would at least make me feel like all right, he's he's still got it. 
But like, if that's the case, and they both made the Super Bowl, like, where, when did the Jets or the <laughs> Dolphins or the Bills have a chance? Right. Ever. Ever. I mean, these two teams are fantastic. <laughs> they make the playoffs, and then they make the Super Bowl against each other. We never had a chance. Yep. But anyway, is move on. That's pretty... completely side topic. Yeah. Did <laughs> move I... on to fantasy football. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it for this week. I mean, oh, Baltimore... well, let's keep talking about side topics. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the Ravens could have activated Dobbins or Ingram to face the Steelers, but apparently they weren't feeling a hundred percent from their bout with yeah. the virus. So who knows what you're going to get it out of those guys? It makes you wonder. It does. What would have happened? I, because I, a better running back maybe gets in the end zone there and before the second half true, ends. <laughs> true. And then there's not that controversy about, oh, the the Steelers laid on top of them and wasted time. That blah, was blah, a blah. really long time. I did watch a clip of that, and that was a really long time. There is no reason that it should have gone on it that long. It should have been flagged. I'm not arguing that. But if if I'm a if I'm the other if I'm the Ravens, I'm thinking, okay, so if we there's a chance that if we don't make it, the Steelers are gonna try to milk this as much as possible. And you might not get another good playoff in time. Playoff or not playoff, you might not get a good playoff in time. You don't have any timeouts. You yeah. put yourself in that situation. There was plenty Maybe of time. Maybe you try to throw the ball. There was Maybe. plenty of time. And all they would have had to do was act like they were hurrying up and maybe the refs would have hurried up a little bit too. Like, okay, we want to run another play. And then if we don't complete this pass for a touchdown, we still have time to kick a field goal. But they just went about their sweet time. They have nobody to blame Mm -hmm. but themselves really when it comes down to it because they didn't throw the flag. So they should have hurried up just a little bit more and there might have been a second left on the clock for them to kick a field goal. But as neither here nor there. Nope. That is it for this week's games. Uh, Tune in next week for more side topics. <laughs> yes, we will have plenty <laughs> of side topics, but uh, uh, I will be here again, uh, possibly both of us again on Sunday morning for a little bit. So don't forget to stop by and ask about all the start sit questions because there might be a lot this week, especially when you're trying to get into the playoffs. We we gave oh, you yeah. some of those scenarios. Naeem Himes, James White, Kareem Hunt. If you got any of those questions, please Ooh. don't forget to stop by on Sunday morning. We can try and iron out some details for you and get you into the playoffs and maybe win some money because – <laughs> At the end of the day, that's pretty much what fantasy football is about anymore. That's Winning what it's about. The money. So good luck it's to everybody. <laughs> good luck to everybody out there. Good luck to us in the big money league since the playoffs start. <laughs> we good we, luck to us. Good luck to that's, us. <laughs> it's a poker term that we say a lot. The streaming poker community, like, all right, good luck us. Uh, here we go, <laughs> and uh, hopefully we don't get out flopped, turned, or rivered, and we can stay in and have some chips to play with the following week. Mm-hmm. But that's going to do it for us. Thanks for listening on Podcast World Land city whatever you're side listening topics. up side topics and thanks for watching on <laughs> twitch we appreciate it we will see you again very very soon and don't forget to stay fueled up for your fantasy football playoff run